Our scripture tonight is going to be the first eight verses of John chapter 15. John 15, verses 1 to 8. This is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is God's word for us tonight. So the sermon tonight is going to have three parts. Three parts. I want to talk first about some things that make it hard for us to really feel assured that we belong to Jesus. And then second, I'm going to talk about some unhelpful approaches to seek assurance of salvation. And third, I'll talk about some good ways, some helpful ways, some ways that we can really be assured that we belong to Jesus. So first, some challenges for us to feel assured of our salvation. Second, some not-so-helpful ways to seek that assurance. And finally, some ways that we can really feel then be assured that we belong to God. We'll start out tonight by talking about some reasons that we might feel unsure that we're saved. Reasons we might feel not sure about our salvation. Some of us really struggle, maybe even on a daily basis, with wondering whether we really believe in Jesus. And there's a number of things in our lives that can lead us to question whether we're really saved. The first one of those things is sin. One reason that we might question our salvation is that we continue to sin. Even after we come to believe in Jesus, we keep sinning. We sin, and we sin, and we sin. Some of us have a more sensitive radar for this than others, but I think it's a fair bet that all of us know that things aren't always perfect in our lives. Some of us can point to one particular thing and say, I am always committing that sin, and I just cannot seem to get over it. Others of us might not have one particular besetting sin, but we know. We know that we aren't perfect. We know that we keep messing up. And so our sin can lead us to wonder, am I really saved given that I keep on doing this? And I think another kind of related reason that many of us might struggle with being assured of our salvation is that we feel unworthy. We don't feel like we're good enough. We just have this sense of unworthiness. Maybe there's not one particular thing, one particular sin we can point to, but we just have this feeling that we're the type of person who God just could never or would never save. And maybe in our heads we know, yeah, God can love anybody, God can save anybody, but in our hearts we just have this sense that maybe, maybe God couldn't really save or wouldn't really save someone like me. 
Maybe you had parents who were really tough on you, or maybe you just weren't good at some things. Maybe you had family members or friends who ran you down. Maybe you just are one of those people who always struggle with this sense that you just aren't good enough. And it can be hard to feel sure that you belong to Jesus if you live with that sense that you just aren't worthy of anything. And finally, spiritual drought is another reason that we might wonder if we're really saved. All of us have these times that we do better and these times that we do worse spiritually. Sometimes we're on spiritual mountaintops, sometimes we're in spiritual valleys. But some of us, many of us even, have these long, dark, deep times of being in spiritual valleys. Sometimes these are brought about by hard times. When we asked for prayer requests earlier, we had a long, long list of things that are hard and that could challenge our belief in a Savior who loves us and who takes care of us. But sometimes people just, even if life is going well, they just have a lot of spiritual dryness. We just have times when the Bible seems dry as dust, when prayer doesn't seem to make any difference in the world out there or in our hearts, when going to church just seems pointless, when the whole world feels emptied of spiritual hope and life. When following God just seems like walking through an endless desert or going on and on through a never-ending dark valley, that can lead us to wonder, do we really, really belong to God? Can we really be saved if we have these dark, dry times that go on and on? It's hard for us to be assured of our salvation because we sin, because we feel unworthy, because we go through spiritually dry times. And in many of those times, we're tempted to look for assurance in unhelpful ways. When we're in the midst of uncertainty, sometimes we grab after any certainty that we can find. When we're desperate, we sometimes go after things that just aren't so helpful, after unhelpful ways to seek salvation. And one of those ways is comparing ourselves to others. We make comparisons. We sometimes try to find assurance by saying, well, at least I'm better than that other person. Maybe I can't stop coveting my neighbor's house, but at least I give money to good causes. Maybe I don't follow God all the time, but at least I try to do good things to help my neighbors. Maybe I cheat on my taxes a little bit, but I'm in church most Sundays. But spiritually speaking, these comparisons are not helpful. For one thing, we're all really, really, really good at self-deception. It's amazing how we can look at our lives and not see sin and trouble that anyone who spends five minutes in the room with us can tell is a problem. We're really good at seeing our neighbor's smallest sins and missing our biggest sins. And for another thing, it doesn't really matter how well we compare to our neighbors. What matters is what's going on in our hearts and how we compare to Jesus. God doesn't save any of us based on how well we do compared to the guy across the aisle or the lady who lives across the street. God saves us based on whether we are perfectly righteous or not. And none of us are, right? And so we all need to look to Jesus. There's a more subtle temptation than we have than comparisons, though, and that's trying to earn our salvation. There is just something in the human heart that loves this idea of a balance sheet salvation. There's something that grabs us about the idea that we can, you know, if our good works outweigh our bad works, we'll be okay before God. 
And of course, most people who have that idea of salvation tend to think they're good enough. In my college summers, I worked in a hospital food kitchen with people who identified with a whole range of denominations and religions. There were Catholic, Seventh-day Adventists, Mormons, New Age occult people, agnostics, anything and everything you can think of. Someone probably believed it. But functionally, functionally, even though there was this whole range of groups they belonged to, when you got to talking to them about religion and about God and about those kinds of things, functionally, most of them had basically the same set of beliefs. God is a pretty good guy up there somewhere or around us somewhere or in me somewhere, and he wants us to be pretty good people, and I'm a pretty good person, so everything is going to work out okay for me. Most of the people I worked with, regardless of what they said, regardless of which building they went to for church, they had that really rooted sense that that was how the world works. You do mostly good stuff, and you'll get by. You'll end up in a good place. And that's probably the functional religion of most Americans. Christian Smith is a really prominent sociologist at the University of Notre Dame. And several years ago, he and a number of other sociologists did a huge, massive survey of what teenagers in America believe. And among other things, they found most teenagers believe in kind of a generic God who made the world, and he kind of watches over it. And they think that God, that God, whoever he is, wherever he is, he wants us to be good and nice and fair to each other. And if we're mostly good and nice and fair to each other, we'll go to heaven or some other good place when we die. And I don't think the survey made it quite clear, but I think kind of the assumption underlying all of those beliefs is that most people think they're okay. Most people think they're basically good people and they can be good and fair and nice enough that when the balance sheet comes in, they'll have more credits than debits. That's American religion. It has tremendous traction in our culture today, and I think it has a lot of traction in our hearts too. Even when we know that we aren't saved by the good works we do, we have this temptation to get back into this balance sheet sort of thing. We have this temptation when we're worried about our salvation to sit down and say, well, okay, I did some sinning, but I also did good things. And I think on balance, I'm okay. Even when we know better, we like to sit down and, okay, pluses and minuses, but I think I've done enough good things so that I can feel good about being saved. Now, there is a way that doing good works can help us to be assured of our salvation, but this balance sheet approach, this weighing up the pluses and minuses, that's not a helpful way to go. That takes our focus off of other things, and it puts us again looking at what have I done? What have I done to get myself into heaven? Have I done enough, or have I not done enough? When we're worried about our salvation, a couple places we pretty quickly go that aren't helpful are to compare ourselves to other people and to get back to thinking we can earn our salvation. Those are unhelpful ways to go. But I want to spend the rest of our time tonight talking about helpful ways to go, talking about right ways to seek assurance of our salvation. And the first way to go, the first thing we need to do is to be remaining in Jesus. The right way to be assured that you're saved is to be remaining in Jesus. Remain in Jesus. 
when you're worried about whether you're saved or not, look to Jesus. That is where we first of all find our assurance of salvation. John 15 gives us this language, remain in Christ, abide in Christ, be rooted in Christ, find your life, your sustenance, your everything in Jesus. Dwell in Christ, rest in Christ. And out of that remaining in Jesus, we grow. One part of our salvation, one part of being assured, just one part, But one part of being assured of our salvation is to stop our dithering and our worrying and our focus on ourselves. One part of being assured that we're saved is to stop looking all the time at ourselves and what we do and did we do enough and to just abide in Christ. John 15 tells us that we're clean because of what Jesus has done in us. And so now we remain in him just as he remains in us. Be rooted in Christ. Find your strength there. When we're struggling with these questions sometimes, when we wonder if we're really saved, one thing that we need to do is just sit ourselves down and ask ourselves, was Jesus' sacrifice sufficient? Was Jesus' suffering and death really sufficient to pay for our sins? Was what Jesus did enough. What do you think? What do you really, really think and believe in your heart of hearts? Now we all know what the answer to that question is, and let me give it to you. What Jesus did was sufficient to pay for the worst of sinners. What Jesus did was sufficient to pay for your sins if you believe in him and follow him as your Lord. Whenever we ask that question, was what Jesus did enough? The answer is yes. Jesus did enough for you and for me and for all of his people. Now, I know some of us really, really struggle to believe that. We know it in our heads, but our sin can feel so big. We can feel so unworthy or unwanted. We can be in such long times of spiritual drought. But even in all of those things, God's grace is sufficient for you. Remain in Jesus and he will remain in you. Jesus' sacrifice is enough. We don't need to get all caught up in this worrying, am I good enough? Have I done enough? Jesus has done enough. Jesus provides everything we need. So if you aren't sure that you're saved, first of all, look to Jesus. Abide in Jesus, and there you can find the assurance you need. But then another way that we can be assured of our salvation is by bearing fruit in good works. We remain in Jesus. We also bear fruit in good works. We can't start out by looking at what we've done. We can't start out by saying, well, I'm doing good works, so that gives me some measure of assurance of salvation. But once other things are in place, once we've looked to Jesus and gotten our first assurance there, then good works can be sort of a second evidence. If we remain in Jesus, the Bible tells us, we will bear fruit in good works. And those good works can help to reassure our hearts that we really do 
belong to God. We have to get the order right. We have to start with Jesus. But after that, we can look at our good works and be assured by that. We are never, ever good enough to be saved. Our good works never get us there. And as long as we're white-knuckling it and just doing good stuff in the hopes that we can feel good about our salvation, we're missing the point. But if we start out with Jesus, if we start out with God's work in our lives, then we can also look at our works and we can say, hey, I can see how God is at work in me by what's going on in my life. We can't do the credits and debits thing and see that we're on the positive side. But if we're doing good works, if we're trying to glorify God, if we're trying to serve him, that is a sign that God is at work within us. As believers, we do good works out of gratitude for what God has done for us. But God is so gracious that he even uses those good works as reminders and as assurances that he is at work within us. Apart from the Holy Spirit, no one really, truly does good things. Apart from the Holy Spirit, no one does good works to serve God. No one truly loves God or loves their neighbor. So if we look at our hearts and our lives, and even if it's not perfect, if we see some ways that we're trying to do good, even if we aren't always succeeding, if we're trying to love God more, if we're trying to live out love for our neighbor, that can be an, occur- an encouragement for us. If our lives show evidence of good works done for God, then those good works can help assure us that we really do belong to Jesus. If you're bearing good fruit, that's a good sign that Christ is at work within you. John 15 tells us that a branch can't bear good fruit unless it's connected to the vine. We can't do truly good things with the right motivation in the right way unless we're connected to Christ. So in that way, you can look at your life, and if you see good things happening, things that glorify God, then you can take that as an assurance that you truly are one of his people. Now, I want to close tonight with one last point that might be encouraging or discouraging, depending on how you take it. And this last point is that even the good branches, even the good branches, especially the good branches are being pruned by God. In John 15, Jesus tells us that apart from him, we can't do anything. If we aren't connected to the vine, we can't bear good fruit. But then Jesus also tells us that even the branches that bear good fruit are being pruned by the Father so that they'll be even more fruitful. Even the branches that bear good fruit get pruned. Jesus doesn't say if we remain in him and we produce good fruit that we'll have easy lives. He doesn't say that bearing good fruit guarantees us no trouble. He says that if we bear good fruit, we'll be pruned so that we bear even more good fruit. This can be really discouraging if we take it in a certain way. We'd like it to be the case that if we remain in Jesus, we do some good things, everything just goes sailing along smoothly. But that's not always how it works. Jesus promises us that God wants the best for us, and so that means that sometimes we will be pruned, and it will not always be pleasant. 
There's a good side to that too, though. Sometimes we're in, when we're in the midst of spiritual drought, when we experience dry or hard times, it may be God at work in us to make us bear more fruit for him. Maybe, not necessarily, but maybe if you experience trouble in your life, it may be that God is at work trimming some of the junk off. Maybe God is at work doing things to change you so that you can bear even more good fruit. Now, I want us to be really, really careful with this point tonight. We can't look at all the hard times in our lives or all the troubles and just write them off by saying, well, God's at work. I'm sure God is just pruning you, so just take it. The deserts and the valleys that we walk through in this life do not always admit of easy answers. But God can use and does use even hard things to make us more fruitful for him and to make us better off in the long run. It is sometimes in the driest and hardest moments of our lives that God works the most. So sometimes when you're in a spiritual drought, I know this is kind of a paradox, but that may be one of those times that God is really, really working in you. At those times when you don't feel God at work, when it seems like your prayers aren't really doing much, but you keep on following anyway. Those are times that the Holy Spirit is really, really at work in you, growing your faith, making you more and more able to bear good fruit for God. So don't always take hard times as a sign that, oh, God is afflicting me with this for some kind of good down the road. But ask yourself the question, am I being pruned? Is God somehow at work in this time of drought so that I can grow, so that I can become more like Jesus? It's not an easy question. There aren't always easy answers, but it's important to ask ourselves sometimes. So when you have those times when you wonder whether you really belong to Jesus, when things are just spiritually dry, when you've committed that same sin over again, when you feel unworthy, there are ways that we can find true assurance. We don't find true assurance in comparing ourselves to others or balancing out the good and the bad we've done. We find assurance, first of all, in looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus, remaining in Him, abiding in Him, even through the hard times. And after we've looked to Jesus, when we've rested in him and remained in him, we can find additional assurance by looking at our lives. If we're bearing good fruit in our lives, that is a sign that we've been saved. If you desire to do God's will, if you even want to desire to do God's will, that's a sign of God at work in you. If you want to do what's right, if you want to follow God, that's a sign that God is at work in you. And if you can see things in your life that you've done for the right reason, in the right way, at the right time, you can take that as assurance that the Holy Spirit is working in you and making you more and more connected to Jesus. Christ is the true vine. We are the branches. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. But if we remain in Christ, if we abide and dwell and find our roots in Jesus Christ, 
we will remain in him and he will remain in us forever.